Hi everyone, I'm Phil Kirby, producer of the Evolving Leader podcast. As season two closes up to 27 incredible episodes, I have one more set of insights to share with you, our listeners. Both John and Scott recognize the importance of normalizing vulnerability in the leadership space because it contributes to environments of trust and psychological safety. So, each week when we've finished recording an episode, our guests are invited to take part in a light-hearted, rapid-fire vulnerability interview. This is the first of two short bonus episodes where you'll hear a selection of the questions and answers that come from those interviews. To give you an idea as to how those interviews ran, I'll start by sharing one interview in its entirety, which is with the neuroscientist and author, Professor Stuart Feierstein. And after that, you'll hear John asking a selection of our guests the first four vulnerability questions. Okay, Stuart, here we go. So, what was the biggest lie you ever told at work? That I'm working. (laughs) (laughs) Where do you feel most vulnerable at work? Well, that's a tough one. Nowhere, I don't think. I, I, I love going to work. I mean, I feel like one of the luckiest people in the world because I really love what I do. I love the lab. I'm at home in the lab. I have colleagues there. I have young students who listen to me. You know, it's amazing, you know. I get to interact across generations. I, I, I never feel very vulnerable at work, actually. Okay, I'm going to make this even harder for you then, um, seeing as you've given that positive answer. Where, where do people feel vulnerable around you? Oh, that's a little trickier, I guess. Um, I I try and break down those areas where people feel vulnerable around me. So I never let, uh, I mean, it's interesting. Undergraduates, I let call me professor because they're more comfortable with that. But graduate students and postdocs, I insist on them calling me by my first name. So because otherwise, I think it sets up hierarchies that, that, that have vulnerability within them because there are power structures and all that. So I try and keep those broken down as much as possible. What's the personal development topic you most avoid? Gee, I don't know. I think I'm done with personal development. <laughs> I think it's over here. You're the finished article. <laughs> if we fake this any longer, it's going to burn to a crisp. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so who would play uh, you in the movie of your life? Oh, <laughs> well, except that he went off and died a couple of weeks ago, unfortunately. Sean Connery, of course. I mean, of course. Who wouldn't want Sean Connery? Of mm-hmm. course, it more yeah. likely would be some hapless guy like Charlie Chaplin or Stan Laurel. But if the casting director had to say, but if it was me who had to say, it would be Sean Connery for sure. So what would your partner, children, friends say is your least appealing feature? <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest problem for them would be how to prioritize them. you've got to give us one let's see one um my least appealing feature is my um probably probably the fact that i like to quote people a lot (laughs) i'm sure that's really annoying to a lot of people (laughs) where where are you most lazy in your life ah that's interesting so um most lazy in my life I think the thing that that worries me the most that I don't get to is that I I always carry a notebook around or something, you know, and I write notes. I'm I'm a great note taker. And then I never, ever go back to them. It's terrible. (laughs) I have piles of them sitting there. I'm going to get to those. I'm going to go through those and find the ones that are useful. And I never get to them. What, what, What is the last question that stopped you in your tracks? Well, this, this one, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I think actually just the last question that I was ever asked probably is the one that, I mean, every one of them should, if they're a good one, stops you in your tracks. Um, yeah, no, I think this one. Cause I can, can, you think think of, can you think of one of your undergrads or, you know, like postdocs who's come in and say, uh, Professor or Stuart, you know, and they've asked you a question, you've gone, I really don't know. Oh, well, that happens all the time. I mean that that happens that happens even when I when I lecture and I think it's important for me to be able to show that. I mean I, I regularly during a lecture, you know, from my undergraduates get a question and I have to say, yeah, that's that's a kind of an interesting question and I haven't got any idea. It's just something I don't know. We could find out and I'll try and find out and usually they find out actually and somebody writes me an email about it and that's very useful. So to saying I don't know is actually of course the best thing you can do in my opinion. I think it was Socrates who said, the one thing I know is that I know nothing, right? Just to end on a quote, <laughs> to, to annoy my wife and daughter. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. So what was the biggest lie you've ever told at work? When I was 21, I joined the most successful British advertising agency in history, a company called Abbott Mead Vickers. I believed that I was joining as a creative and it turned out I was joining as an account manager wearing a suit. For the next six months, I tried to be two people at the same time and pretended in the creative department I was a creative and the account, account manager department was account manager. And I pulled it off for six months until we ended up making an ad um, with Armando Iannucci before he was so mega famous, but he was, he was still a famous dude. And we put Armando Iannucci in a dog kennel, pretending to be a dog, shot by a very famous British director at the time who's just gone on to shoot Succession. And that obviously put my head quite firmly above the parapet. And my two lives were revealed to the guy who ran the company who promptly fired me, but is now a good personal friend. You, you had a twin brother, you could have got away with it. <laughs> uh, we, I, not only was I running two jobs, I also had him secretly at the company as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that I was at, that I was out sick. <laughs> How many times have you told that lie? No, I, I, that's a joke. I didn't normally ask that. <laughs> okay, just the once. Oh, oh, this is one that really pushes all my buttons because I I can't tolerate lies. Um, <laughs> uh, this lie will be I, I say I probably say I'm fine, or far more often than I should do. When underneath, uh, underneath the water, the, the legs are going like this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ben, we've told you about that. You're not allowed to say that. <laughs> not supposed to be castigating you and asking you questions at the same time. I think a sly I've told. I'm, uh, trust me, there's tons of lies. I'm sure I've told. I just got to think <laughs> of one. Um, man. Um, These pictures I look know. great. Yeah, yeah. Of course, I'll hit the deadline. Of course, yeah. I hit the deadline. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, you're very actually, photogenic. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, you, now y'all are helping me. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of you look amazing when you don't look amazing. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of you got to you got to BS your clients for sure when they're in front of the because everybody hates being in front of the camera. Uh, everybody, and so there's it's a struggle sometimes to to get people to be comfortable. So yeah, I, I lie a lot behind the camera. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good one for sure. <laughs> Where do you feel most vulnerable at work? I think when there are, when people question 
your identity, your your self-worth in some way. Uh, when people sort of get to that core and perhaps in some way make you think actually you don't know what you're talking about uh, and that, that, that say something that makes the imposter syndrome come up, question something or you know challenges whether you've done your homework, whether you really know what you're talking about, Th those sorts of moments um, I think uh, you know you feel vulnerable and, and that imposter voice that is in within with all of us um, comes out and suddenly you feel you're on shaky ground. You know, if I'm honest, I don't think I like people very much. <laughs> <laughs> and that creates a variety of difficulties, <laughs> which I try to overcome. Okay. Is that people in general or certain types of people? Is it, you know? Uh, there's more people in general. I yeah. really like um, walking on my own, thinking for myself and so on. Well, we've got a privileged view of your your study, your 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 home office. Then it looks like it's your cave. Yeah, look, it is. Yeah, yes, <laughs> full of all of your fun, 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 fundamental books. What's the personal development topic you most avoid confronting? Negotiation. I'm terrible at it. I'm not a people pleaser, but I I don't like negotiating because it reminds me of confrontation, which is not really the same thing, but that's where I feel, um, that's what I'm, it's skilled that I was, had, was actually put in the spot last week to do, and it was the most horrific experience of my life. But we're working on it. I'm working on it. Oh, um, when to stop? Um, I can be, and I don't mean that when to stop in terms of hours worked, it's not about that. It's on certain topics and themes, I can be a bit like a dog with a bone and I, I don't give up. And there are definitely times when I just, okay, this is about the longer term. Don't worry about it. Let it go. Um, if it pushes my button, particularly on fairness, if I feel fairness has been compromised, oh my goodness, I, I don't back down. So who's going to play you in the movie of your life? It's very hard to ask that question without sort of sounding quite conceited, I think. <laughs> uh, I, no, no. You want it. You want aspirational. You want to have the someone the perfect, amazing. Yeah. Well, so someone amazing. Sigourney Weaver, I think, is amazing, and I think pretty cool. So I think I think Sigourney Weaver would probably be my pick. But no one's ever going to make a movie of my life, so we're safe here. And well, so we don't, she, know, we don't know that for sure yet, do we? So <laughs> it's all to play for. Um, who, who would your partner? <laughs> My producer's giving me a lot of shaking heads here. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously being far too cheeky. So, who... Who... Sorry. Um, so, I definitely think it would be Jason Statham, you know, because there's a lot of similarities in good looks. Uh, I don't yeah. know why you're laughing. No, no, uh, no, no, I think it's very good. Um, but actually, I think probably in terms of looks, it, uh, I, it would probably be um, uh, Ben Kingsley because we have a very similar haircut. Ah, yeah, you do. Look, you've got a bit of the Ben Kingsley about you. Yeah, definitely. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't care. 
There you go, Scott. You've got an opportunity to step in. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed those insights from Stuart Firestein, Steve Tidball, Holly Murchison, Ben Osborne, Jeremy Coart, Kath Bishop, John Kay, Ilham Saeed, Sally Bolton, Neil Greenberg, and Ed Lou. Catch the second part of our Season 2 Vulnerability Interviews next week on the Evolving Leader Podcast.